Hey everybody, this is Brian Durbin coming at you from the Synchronicity Campus where we were lucky enough to do a podcast with Rob Swan, who is undoubtedly one of modern day's great explorers. I want to preface all of this by saying we all face challenges in life. Some of those we freely choose because we know they help us grow, and some of them are unwillingly thrust upon us by life circumstances. However, what remains true in either case is that when we come up against the hard things in life, the only person who gets to interpret the meaning is us. In this 25-minute podcast, Rob Swan, who is one of modern day's great explorers, takes us on a journey inside the physical, mental, emotional, and even spiritual challenge he's faced on his adventures. In less than a half hour, Rob details the incredible power of tapping into the present moment and, quote, peeling back the blinders when his mind echoed the refrain, this is the end, in his Arctic exploration. He'll share the enormous inner world challenge of the emptiness and grief that can result when we suffer a personal setback. He'll describe how his next challenge is evolving his identity from someone who always does hard things to someone who spends more time listening and supporting others. Rob's stories will motivate anyone to aim high, to take one step at a time, and to listen closely for the love and support of those around us as we work with life's challenges to leave this world and the people in it better because of who we became on our journeys. We hope you enjoy the podcast, and please remember to join us in the same community where we believe each of us can grow toward the best version of ourselves for the betterment of us all. Rob Swan, thank you so much for being here with us today at Synchronicity. We appreciate you so much taking the time to join us today. Well, it's wonderful to be here. I came on my bike. It, for an Englishman, it's rather hot in Charleston, I have to say that. <laughs> it is indeed. I think we've got about 90% humidity out there. So uh, yeah, biking over here, uh, considering the topic at hand today, which is going to be doing hard things, yep. I like the fact that you're biking in this heat over here. No, no rest for the wicked. <laughs> so, Rob, I know I know a good bit about you, right? especially what I can learn on, on websites, what I can learn from TED Talks and the, the little bit of conversation that you and I have had together. But maybe some of our audience is not as familiar with you and what you've done. And, and I'd love for you to kind of familiarize them just a little bit about you and your life. But before you do, I would like to make the official announcement. This is the only person to ever walk to both the North and the South Poles. Is that correct? That's correct. The first person in history to walk to both poles, North and South. And my life's really been about trying to make a dream come true. And when I was 11, I saw this film about Antarctica and the real explorers. And I said, right, that's for me. One day I'm going to walk to the North and South Poles. And for some reason, I never let that dream go. And it was not the easiest thing I've ever done, uh, or as a team. And I have to say that, you know, I move quite quickly in this conversation with you, Brian, from I to we. I would not have made it to both poles on foot if it hadn't been for a fantastic team of people that made all that happen. You know, for, for the audience members who are going, when I was 11... My primary goal was to beat the third level of Donkey Kong, and you're setting an expectation of walking to the North Pole. Do you, do you ever encounter people who just, they almost can't relate to the magnitude of the objectives that you set and work towards? I think that it, it's, it's terribly important when you're talking about hard things to put it into perspective. I made a choice, and it was a big commitment 
And actually doing hard things means commitment. You can't do hard things if you choose to do them without massive commitment, because the easiest thing is not to do it. If you've got to do it, different game. But if you have to, it requires massive commitment to make really hard, big things happen. So I think that's something that you have to understand. You make a commitment to improve your life, your fitness, your health, your mental health, just you, your family. It isn't just going to happen. You have to make a commitment. And that was something I made when I was 11. Can you believe it? And my mum, who's just passed you at 106 years, four months, she had a hell of a life. She always said, I knew when I watched you watching that TV programme when you were 11 on Christmas Day, I knew that this was it. You were going to do something. And I wasn't too sure what. Right. Uh, one of the things that I love that you say on your homepage now that I, we're going to put a link in so everyone can go to okay. it, but is uh, commitment can't be an empty word, right? What does that specifically mean to you? So big things can't be empty. So many people have dreams, Brian. They want to change their lives. They want to change themselves. They want to be better. They want to make an impact for the planet. They want to make just be successful, give back. But some of those words are empty. It requires actually saying, we're going to do this, and then delivering on it. Because I think empty words and commitment, they don't come together, in my humble opinion. Agreed. Certainly, you've been all over. You spoke to so many different people, organizations. If you were talking to youth right now, let's, let's talk to somebody there in high school, they're in early college, like, and they say, I can't, they're, they're, they're scattered. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what I'm committing to. And they start to ask you, well, you know, how do I make that commitment? How does it, how does it come about? What advice do you give them? Well, first I say, you know, I really feel for you because when I was having dreams, I didn't have five lots of internet, all kinds of this action on the phone, all this input. So I would say to them, look, you know, it's not so much information that you need to move things forward because you've got too much of that mm. how about a bit of inspiration and and set some goals that you feel you're happy with that you feel are achievable but it's going to be a bit of a stretch and don't panic you know young people have a mighty challenge to possibly do one thing and that's to disconnect a bit to reconnect disconnect to reconnect yes. right and so what does that look like in their lives what that looks like in their lives is to look at all this technology which is not all bad by the way mm. and say okay i'm not going to be used by this i'm going to use it and i think a lot of young people just by laying down some of the gear and not sort of answering everything in two minutes and sort of pushing it a little bit to one side, they can possibly reconnect with themselves, their health, what's going on up here, and just take a step back to take a step forward. Great way to think about it. Use it, don't be used by yeah. it. And one of the things that I think in, in the way of thinking about doing hard things is that. 
That's a hard thing. We have habits that are driven around electronics. It's a hard thing to say, I'm going to separate from this. It's a hard thing to do the work that says, what am I going to be inspired by? Yeah. Right? What is this about for me? And to start about, as you described, this is the goal. And here are the bite-sized pieces that I can set and step forward into. Right? That's a hard thing. Very hard. And I think that on our journeys, you know, we are talking about hard things. So let's get to the, I wish I was there now, just for a couple of seconds with you, Brian. If you actually think to yourself, I, I'm walking to the South Pole, it's 900 nautical miles. It's going to take us 70 days. I'm going to lose 69 pounds in body weight. It's going to be hell. If you start thinking about getting to the pole, you'll die. So what you have to say is, okay, let's not panic. What about that cup of tea in an hour? What about that chocolate bar I can have in two hours? And what about this evening I can get into my nice warm sleeping bag and maybe think I can do all this again tomorrow? It's small steps wherever you are. And the harder it gets in life, whether you're dealing with your fitness, your mental health, just you as a human being, don't try and go there. You won't get there. That's what I've learned from going through some fairly hard times. And that, that's the pathway. And I, I would say that it's, it's also hard. It's, you know, to, to bring ourselves back to what's going on right now yeah. in this moment in the next step. What is the next step rather than allowing ourselves to go off to? Too far. Right. You know, one of the hardest moments we've ever had, I, I ask you to imagine walking to the North Pole. 700 nautical miles across a frozen sea. You get 600 miles from land, and you don't have five satellite radios, you know, American sort of rescue helicopters. No one knows where you are, and the whole ice cap melts. And basically you're dead, because no one can get to you. And you're thinking, how the hell are we going to survive? How are we going to get through it? And this has never happened in recorded history. You're thinking to yourself, I don't know whether I can get through this. And everybody on the team is looking at me as the leader, like I'll have a solution. I don't. But if you listen to yourself and you listen to others, not block them out, you'd be surprised where salvation can come from. And actually it was our Japanese companion who you know, had difficulty with English, I had difficulty with Japanese, but he came through with the idea that saved our lives, which was very simple. It was always daylight, so we had to march 40 hour days with half an hour's stop a day. No one slept for a week. And in that time, you're not thinking, I'm going to get to the North Pole, you're thinking, maybe I can do another hour. Maybe. When you get past that and then gradually move forward. So I think there's a lot of very simple learnings from having hard times, or as we've said, choosing to have hard times. Rob, maybe I could bring that back to the, to the listener. Somebody who, whether through choice or through life circumstance, has is in this hard time. I, I feel like the idea of, while yours was an actual, I'm this situation has never happened, I'm on broken ice, I d this is the end. People experience that in their own lives in different ways, right? 
And so I think what you're saying is so incredibly powerful that I have to look right now. What is what messages are coming to me from your colleague? Yeah. What things are available to me right now? Well, I think that become very much like this if you're a human being like me, totally focused, not much coming in like the horses wearing blinkers. To stay alive, you've got to peel that back a bit and actually say, okay, we're not in a storm. We could die if we don't get our act together. Now, okay, here, now, how does it look? What's going on? What's that person said? What's that person said? What am I really saying rather than being like this, like a machine to keep going? And that I believe I wouldn't be sitting here now unless I was able, because I had to, to think like that. But I always had this dream, Brian, of crossing the whole of Antarctica on foot. And I had like 600 miles to go. And I thought, I can do this. I've walked to both poles. I've got this. And went back and my <clears throat> hip disintegrated while I was walking. And that was quite painful. And I was holding the team up and I had to fail. And I failed in everything in life. Oh, everything, really. But I never failed to get to the pole when I said I'd get there. And I, I had that failure. My son, Barney, who will be here in September to meet you all, um, he carried on. He made the pole. It was all perfect. But I wasn't going to look at a map of Antarctica and say there were 300 miles missing to have crossed Antarctica. So I went back two years ago with a brand new hip, got 97 miles from the pole, took my focus off, fell over, and my new hip blew out of its socket. Another failure. And came back home again, a huge failure. My sponsors, the family, my friends, I, I felt really pushed down and Rob can we dig into that for just a second pause on that which is you know we're talking about doing we've talked about doing physically hard things but right now what we're talking about is in a mental and emotional hard thing you're coming up against a goal which you always achieve and now you've got this inner world experience of I've failed this I've I've let people down I've let myself down I've let twice what do you do with that well it, it, it's a bit of a shock also, that if you have always relied on you physically, I mean, I've got nothing in the bank account. My bank account is me. And that failed. So not only did my body fail me, but the mission failed. And I came back home. And on the day I got home, COVID hit. So my business, which is international public speaking, collapsed. So I was sitting in California feeling for the first time in my life very sorry for myself which I've never felt before and to be honest very low in picking myself up what was I going to do how how was I going to pull it round and I think that at that moment again it was exactly what we said together about being at the North Pole and the ice cap melted stop and trying to get yourself out of this situation stop Maybe look around a bit. Maybe <clears throat> talk to some people, admit that you feel like this, which I've never really done much before. And, you know, listen to what people would say. And they said, Rob, you've got this, don't panic. You know, listen, stop, 
and then take some steps in the right direction. Obviously, in my case, have some more nuts and bolts put in the hip <laughs> and uh, ready to rumble at the end of this year again, finish the job. Right. Was that was that a challenge for you? In other words, like looking around, and was it hard? Very hard because it's very easy just to be the person that's doing hard things, taking it on, doing one step after the next. It's much harder for somebody like me to stop and look around and actually go, wow, what do I do next rather than this? Because I'll tell you something, when I was drinking a lot and hiding, uh, for an Englishman to go and have counselling is not something that happens very easily. And I thought, no, I'm going to go. This, is, this needs sorting out. So I went to go and see this guy and he had to write a letter of why he wanted to go and see him, counselling chap. And I wrote a letter and I arrived at his office in Harley Street, you know, big bucks. And he said, right, I w stop, go round the corner, there's a bookshop, you'll find a book on the top right-hand shelf at the back, open it to page 175 and come back next week. I said, well, I just paid all this. And it was the Guinness Book of Records. And on that page, tiny line, first person in history to watch both polls, Robert Swan. Went back next week. I said, well, I bloody know that. And he said, no, but you're stuck. You're stuck at mile 19, like in a marathon. What's the worst part of a marathon? It's about nine, mile 19 or 20, and you're stuck, Rob. You just need to get out of it and put it back. Never drank anything after that meeting, ever again, never have. So I think that that was a big deal for me. And it was the beginning of a journey to understand that however focused you are and tough you think you are, you always need some help. Rob, that's, it's one of the things we talk about all the time at Synchronicity and Modern Minds is that we all get stuck, right? none of us are broken. We all do get stuck. And there are ways that can help us get unstuck. And a lot of times those are the people that are around us. Absolutely. And I think, you know, of course, synchronicity, there's one thing I hate, and that's the ice bath. <laughs> but one thing I love is the chair, the massage chair. If I had money, I'd have one of those at home tomorrow morning. Fantastic way of stepping back. And... I think that I think that one of the things I'm learning is that this is a journey. For people like myself, you have an injury. You go, somebody fixes it up, puts a couple of bolts in and then forwards. No. This it's a journey to look after body, especially when you get older and your mind. It's not something that just happens and that you can sort of say, well, I saw Brian last week, tick, carry on. No, it's more of a journey and I'm learning that, that it's not a heat, it's not a quick fix. It's a journey that you're making and that's pretty unfamiliar territory for me. It's normally problem sorted, carry on. It sounds like you're starting to appreciate the process. Yeah. rather than just, here's the destination that I'm going to check off. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, get to 65, although, you know, my mum did live for another sort of, you know, another 40 years or something to keep, to keep up with her. But, you know, you get to my age and, 
you suddenly realise that <clears throat> there's a new there's a new horizon, and that new horizon can't be like this anymore. Rob, one of the books that we've read together here at Synchronicity over the last year is From Strength to Strength right. by Arthur Brooks. And it talks about going from this place in career where it's upward and mobile and you're accelerating. And then a tremendous amount of people have a hard time getting off that curve and moving to what he sees as a second curve and research would seem to support. So this is something that is a little bit different. There's two curves, and we can be skilled at transitioning from one curve to the next. What is your next curve? My next curve is certainly not cold weather. <laughs> this is going to be definitely a tick off. My next curve is to, I'm obviously, <clears throat> my passion in life is to make sure that in 2041, 19 years from now, that we leave Antarctica as a natural reserve land for science and peace. And that's something I'll never give up on because I think we need that. The next curve, which I have to be honest in saying this next curve is much harder for me than walking to the poles because that's what I'm good at. So it's a little bit shaky ground when I start to talk about the next curve because it would be much easier just to say, right, crack on, do, do what I've always done before, but I don't want to. So I think that <clears throat> there'll definitely be a time to stand back a little more, to really look at, I don't like the word legacy much, I think it's rather overrated, but what have I done and what we've done in our lives support what Barney's doing, my son's doing, replanting the oldest rainforest in the world in Australia and perhaps be a little bit more supportive of handing over the baton to other people and at the same time trying, which I've never really been, trying to be happy. It's hard to be happy. What does happiness mean for you? A sense of peace. And if you do the same, you get the same in life. And I'm rather tired of getting the same. I'm happy with what we've done, but I'm going to change those things gradually. So I'm a bit shaky on exactly how the next curve looks, but I'm on it. You use the, the metaphor of passing the baton, mm. right? And I, I'd imagine, you know, what you've described, you've got a tight hold on that baton, right? This is, here's the focus, mm. as you said. I, I'm holding it tight. And the reason to start to let go of that baton a little bit is to support Barney, your yeah. son, to see what you've started, what he started, mm. continue to prosper, to start to bring more peace, more happiness yeah, yeah, into yeah, your life. Yeah. Yes, because I think that, you know, people always say, well, you can never really change. Nonsense. Mm. So I want to explore that new side. And I think that is listening, stopping, um, not charging ahead always. And I think that that will manifest itself however it manifests. But I will make the decision to try and do that. Mm. Make the decision. Here's yeah. this, this is, is what it. my intention is. Yeah. 
And if there's one thing that seems like you've been pretty good at, it's moving towards your intention. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'm on it. It's one of the reasons I'm in Charleston, although it's too hot. <laughs> but mind you, it's always a good thing when you're like me and people say, well, you get too hot. It's always good to remember being hot when you go to minus 40 and you think, no, 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 remember that bicycle ride when I sit, went to see Brian I was boiling hot. I wish that was happening today. Psychological flexibility, the right. ability to flex in and out. I, I like it. So, Rob, is, is, we, we've had a great time talking about hard things, and I so appreciate your perspective of choosing hard things versus living hard things because that's where we are. Your perspective on what to do, you know, when we're facing those things, the things that, for me, they're skills. We can learn them. We can develop them. We can return to them. It's not easy, but we can do it. Um, the inspiration that, that you've given us. Now, at the end here, we started talking a little bit about legacy. I know you said that's not a word that you particularly love. That said, you know, if we were to say, you know, Rob, someday we're saying, this is Rob Swan, what would we be saying? I think that I would say he tried really bloody hard and the last great wilderness left on earth will remain the last great wilderness left on earth. It feels like a worthy pursuit yeah, and a hard thing. Hard. I appreciate you so much being here with us. Well, thanks, Brian, and thank you all and your team for... Um, being part of this journey I'm making on the next curve. I feel like, you know, with, with you helping us, with you inspiring our group, that maybe we should contact the Breakthrough Medical Massage Chair people exactly. about... <laughs> that could be our hard challenge. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, 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 that chair is like a whole different uh, universe for me. It's, it's it, Just imagine... At the end of the day, and you're lying in a tent, Brian, and everything hurts, and you've pulled a sledge for nine hours through nasty storms, and, you know, just imagine sort of being, lying there in the chair. That would be, I shall remember that next time I'm freezing. I'm glad that we can play a role in that psychological flexibility. You can. <laughs> well, thank you again, Rob. Thank you, mate.